I do some housework. I entertain children. I help with their homework. I pick them up from school. I make sure they get to their extracurricular activities. I am sometimes asked to do things out of my original scope, and I am answerable to parents. What am I? If you said a domestic worker, you wouldn't be wrong. If you said an au pair, you wouldn't be wrong either. In spite of this, you'd probably still picture them as very different roles with equally different people to fill them. The nuances that make both roles so different cross social, cultural, and economic lines. Let me break this down a bit. Or pairing is perceived as an international-based industry filled by young, foreign, and potential-filled individuals who fill the role only temporarily. In some countries, the government restricts the age range to between mid to late teens to mid to late 20s. In Europe, where it started, it had to be a part-time job because they should have also been studying part-time concurrently. But with time, it's allowed full-time roles. The term au pair is French, and it means equal to. Hmm. It was given that name to influence the host family into seeing the person as equal to them in order to better facilitate their becoming a part of the family. What is interesting, however, is that they came up with the term particularly to distinguish itself from the role of the domestic worker, which they saw as an unequal relationship between domestic worker and the family. The calculated distinction has been successful, as today the roles are not seen as equal and the au pair is both economically and socially more valued. An au pair in this country is paid a minimum of five and a half times more than a domestic worker, and they are associated to higher social, educational, and economic classes. There's no one better to unpack these distinctions than our very own Bali. Stop. (laughs) Who has been a domestic au pair, and by that I mean she's au pairing in her native country, for just over two years. She has an incredible ability to perceive in ideologies and is in a constant state of reflection. She has also developed interesting insights on the industry's conditions that are specific to our South African ways of being. Hi, Bali. Jeez, I don't know if I can live up to that. <laughs> My goodness. I'm excited. You know, when you, when you, <laughs> when you said domestic au pair. I liked it. Something, something happened. Like, I, I don't know. I felt some kind of way. It's so strange. Oh, how did you feel? Until you, until you elaborated that by domestic, you meant in my country. Yes. It was just like a wave of stigma. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. So it's just, it's in that role, hey? Stigma. Dude. The way you, you can't strip The way it from... I feel like if you call the role domestic or pair, you would have much less enthusiastic young very interesting uh, educated applicants mm. and i use that word i mean not because it applies not just because it applies but also because you know of the relationship with the domestic work industry i found it quite interesting actually hmm. we're off to a good start hello hello yeah. everyone <laughs> so you're currently working with or, or alongside a domestic worker mm. can you tell any very specific differences between how your day plays out versus how hers plays out? First of all, I definitely don't live in, although mm. I know a lot of domestic workers don't. I spend a lot less time in the home. Mm. Um, even the domestic workers that don't live in are usually there first thing in the morning. I am there from 
when I pick up the kids from school, which is usually after lunch, and I'm done by 5 p.m., um, mm. which is around the time the parents will knock off. So is it around a four-hour workday? Yeah, it's like a three, four-hour workday. And my responsibilities are to do it specifically with the kids. Also, I I don't quite feel like I'm as, I'm required to look to look as busy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it feels like there's more room for me to like to do a bit of nothing because you don't always have something to do. So like I can sit sometimes and be on my phone, and if my employer or her husband walks past me and I'm sitting, I don't think that's as as weird to them. So do you see a clear limit to your scope? Yeah. Do you think that offers you the, I guess, the comfort of, you know, not looking busy? Mm, mm. So are you ever offered more money if you do things that are out of your scope? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's actually a rate that we calculate for over time and mm. petrol. But I, I think the same would apply to domestic work. I know it, it doesn't always. Mm. And why do you think... Um, why do you think some families will have both an au pair and a domestic worker? And as you've split it up between the domestic worker doing, the, I guess, the more nurture-based things and you doing more of the functional-based things, mm. um, why do you think there isn't the capacity for maybe just a domestic worker to fulfill both those roles? There's usually a tutoring function built into being an au pair. Mm. And often the kids will actually have tutors as well for like special subjects, you know, if they need yeah. additional help. But there's a basic level of tutoring yeah. um, that's involved. And I think... So uh, is it sort of about creating um, routine? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that would be hard. I think that would be hard for a domestic worker to do because they have to tend to the rest of the household. You know, I think they'd just be very exasperated if they were on their feet from 430 they had to bath the kid, get them ready for school, and then clean the house. And then when the kid gets back, make the meals. Um, the child undresses, kind of take care of the school uniform, do the laundry, whatever else, and then sit down and do homework and prepare dinner. It's just, it's a lot. So it does make sense to have maybe an extra um, set of eyes and ears. But I... I I think even if the domestic worker had capacity, there are issues perceptively around whether or not, even if a domestic worker has a metric, there are perceptive issues around whether or not they're intelligent mm. enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is why an au pair or someone with a metric of a certain class might be hired as an au pair over someone of a metric mm. of another class. And it's, it is, it's, it's superficial things like personal branding. And by personal branding, I mean like how you portray yourself, things like how you dress, how you speak, what neighborhood you live in, mm. stuff like that. They suss you out on a very superficial level. And, and in some ways, it's not entirely superficial because your accent speaks to which schools you might have right. attended. Right. And we do know, I guess, in our country about Bantu education versus... No, yeah, English medium but I could still really suck at math, which I do. <laughs> yeah. And you could still have a domestic worker who maybe didn't go to as expensive a school as I did, mm. but is just stronger at math. 
Yeah, that's very true. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So that's that speaks to a fault in the screening mm. as well. The the screens just aren't good enough. Like someone's hired. I was never interviewed. I've never been interviewed in terms of my my numeracy or my literacy or my ability to help the child with homework. It's always just been assumed mm. that because I am who I am and because of my background that I'm competent in those areas. Also, the other reason is, look, kids are pretty classist and they get it from their parents. For kids, class is linked to authority. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm, it's true. So if you're the domestic worker and your the child's parents treat you a certain way, that's how the child perceives you. Mm. And if you're the au pair, the parents treat you a certain way, that's how the child perceives you. So when it comes then to things like homework, you know, and things like actually being able to guide and to advise the child and to be an authority, it's easier if the parents treat you as equals because they're more likely to listen to somebody who reminds them of their parents. So everything in this space is perceptive. Which makes sense in such a personal space yeah. is that you'd be more willing to sort of trust your gut and gut. I mean, our guts are actually quite biased. Mm. <laughs> so let's just get into some semantics. So you've mentioned that you've been an au pair. Well, we mentioned earlier that you've been an au pair for just over two years. How long did you intend to do it for? Like, how long did you imagine this would last? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was uh, situational mm. and it was always meant to be temporary. Yeah, but because my situation mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't change <laughs> as rapidly as I'd expected, mm. um, I, I ended up staying a lot longer. What does temporary look like to you in time frame? No, you know what? You're just not gonna commit to a number, are you? Yeah, no, I'm not going to commit to a number <laughs> at all. It was literally it was for as long as it took me to get my writing. Off the ground. Okay. Because I want... Okay, what deadline did you have for your writing? Did you have a, a I didn't. time deadline for your writing? I didn't. Okay. But I will say, I also got comfortable because I was kind of, I was making, I was making ends meet. And did you ever feel stuck? And does, does feeling passive have any connection to feeling stuck? I don't think I've ever felt stuck, no. I mean, that might be the difference is that I always felt like... You know, if I wanted to, I had an alternative. So we've talked to several domestic workers um, about, and I mean, sort of also pursued what it is that they get to observe um, because they are so unseen. Do you feel that you have the same opportunity to observe like they do? And And I ask this because... You know, you sort of fit the same social class mm. as some of the families that you work for. Mm. So do you think that it's even anything worth observing? A lot of the things are more of the same, you know. Mm. They're not different, so I'm not shocked by them. Mm. And I don't really pay attention. I just take them for granted because, you know, mm. that's the way we live at home. But for every home, there are nuances. So there are exceptional things, you know. I've worked for very rich families. I've worked for very conservative families and I've worked for kind of uh, families where the the parents are 
in my opinion, like overly liberal. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that possible? I don't think, I don't really think it's possible. <laughs> <In general. laughs> um, yeah. So there's always like, there's always small things about any environment, um, nuances that, that are observable. Mm. Uh, but definitely in terms of the child and definitely in terms of that world and the way they raise yes okay the world of kids yeah in general yeah i think there's something about that world that only an au pair can observe because Mm -hmm. uh you're in the kids different environments whereas domestic work is just at home you're like at school you're at the parties and the play dates you take them shopping to the mall you go to the movies with them are they different in those different environments oh yeah for sure a lot of the time they are yeah yeah so so as we start being chameleons at a very young age we start a lot of things at a young age Mm -hmm. to raise a a child you've got to be willing to see the world through the lens of a child and that's what a lot of parents aren't doing so do you think that they are trying to have their children see the world through their own eyes? Yeah. And okay. as much as that happens a lot of the time, I always say, actually, Alan Watts said, um, schools where we take our kids to be raised by other kids. And so because like when you're an au pair, you're not a parent, you can still be like a chum, like a buddy. And sometimes that's actually more effective. Mm. So you get to actually see the world through their eyes. But do they still see you as an authority, even though you get to mm, be friends you with can, them? Yeah, you can, so they can. You can straddle that line, so they can see those two things in one person. Mm. Okay, they can see those two things in 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 one person. Um, and I think it's just like the being an au pair is a bit of an odd role, mm. you know, because you're kind of. You're doing what the teacher should be doing, what the parents should be doing, and what the domestic worker should be doing. So they can't really, play, and you're kind of young and cool. You know, they can't really <laughs> place you. They don't know what to do with you. Um, Which and is so, a perfect role for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it works quite well. But um, certainly observing not the world, just the world of children, but observing mm. the world from the eyes of a child has been incredibly powerful for me. Very interesting. But but wondering though, I mean, as you say that, then is your job to consolidate you know, all the different ways that the child is being raised, whether they're being raised by other children, whether they're being raised by parents, whether they're being raised by domestic workers, does your job then consolidate all of that? It can. Hmm. But that's just the kind of au pair I am. And I, it was because the first au pair job I had, I loved those kids. And it's just happened to stick with me. So that's my style. Hmm. But certainly I wasn't screened or mandated to do that so let's get to stigma it's quite interesting to me that you say you have experienced that considering how differently you're treated to the domestic worker Mm. so what are some of the um, stigmas that you feel you've developed since filling the role the stigma that i experience is about how people perceive me or how i perceive myself in relation to where I should be. So, who decided where you should be? As an au pair, like it is widely accepted that as an au pair, your job, you're in between things. It's a stepping stone. Mm. You could 
very well end up an astronaut yeah. or the head of state. Mm. It's perfectly acceptable, right? Mm. Particularly where you're a student, mm. right? I, the stigma I've experienced is purely because I'm not a student. So mm. it's when you're not in that window mm. of being a student in that age group, mm. then people and you yourself kind of stigmatize you in relation to where they think you should be. So you should not be at this age and au pair. Yeah. Right? And and if at this age you should be studying. Exactly. Okay. So it feels like you're behind and you need to explain yourself. Mm. And once you explain yourself more or less, people are like, okay, fine. They buy it or they don't buy it. But the role of au pair doesn't carry any inherent stigma. Okay. The role of domestic worker has inherent stigma. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are in your life. If you're a domestic worker, like you must be hard done by, mm. you know, mm. you must not have made it in life. Yeah. You must be of a certain class. Yeah. And that's the difference between the two stigmas. Hmm. It's because it, it stigma hasn't been built in to operating. So the stigma I've experienced is, um, I think largely self-imposed as well because, I'm doing this situationally and I have dreams. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's a sacrifice and I understand it. But like you get to a point where at first you're secure and it's being a sacrifice. Like waitressing, right? Waitressing mm. is, is exactly like repairing. Yeah. It's in relation to people, people judge you as a waitress depending on where you are in your life. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So at first I was kind of confident in the fact that, okay, I was making a sacrifice for my really big and lofty dreams that were authentic and unlike anyone else's. Yeah. Um, and that were going to make everyone eat my dust. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> of course. But you do get to a point where you, you kind of stop buying that because the stigma, the less temporary the situation feels, the more overpowering the, the stigma becomes and you start to kind of question yourself and the more people interrogate you, like you mm. get flustered and tired. Mm. You know, and like you start to feel like you're 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 making excuses. Um, Do they understand how big your dreams are, though? No, but you get tired of explaining that, and you almost should explain it every single time to every single person, so that you keep your own morale up and you believe yourself. Mm. But it's a long story. Like, if if you had to ask, you know. You know my life. You know my my vision. It's mm. a long story. You yeah. know where I I come from and and where I'm going. It's a very long story. Yeah. And it's not a conversation. You can't have that conversation twenty times at a party. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can't. It's it's exhausting. <laughs> so what's your so summary? So after a while, you say nothing, and when you say okay. say nothing, mm. then you start to feel some kind of way because mm. people. Make their own make their own assumptions. Stories, yeah. They make their oh. own stories. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And then word gets around because, like, that's just what happens. Yeah. We never leave high school, so there's always a grapevine. Yeah. Um. Mm. So yeah, it becomes. You get tired, and then it overpowers you, a little bit, and then you've got to remind yourself. Wow. Or start the main session or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that happens for you one day. <laughs> I hear, I hear your co-host, co- your co-host, that's what she did, huh? 
Yeah, she did. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did most of them. I'm joking. <laughs> so, smart people. Smart people. <laughs> but, um, you know, okay. So, so you've, so you're mentioning how it gets to the stage where you just keep quiet. Yeah. Has it ever gotten to a stage where you've lied? There's omission card. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. No, I don't think I've ever like flat out lied. I've I've definitely skirted around it though. So I'll put emphasis on the fact that I'm a writer on a sabbatical, even if I haven't written mm. in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And like the way you start the story that you maybe start. Yeah, exactly. And then you okay. can deflect. Yeah. Because you can make the writing story so interesting that they never ask you, <laughs> how do you actually live? <laughs> and that's kind of the gift of being a writer is you just like enthrall people. Yeah. Um, but it definitely had instances where I felt like uncomfortable saying it, you know? And I think, especially before I made sense, made kind of helped me make sense of it, mm. you know? And that's why I'm still able, like we've had such success. Mm. But I'm I'm able to or pair to this day, mm. um, because I I st- I feel like it ke- keeps me grounded in what we do yeah. and what we do is so big. Mm. Um, but before that, I was yeah it I, I was uncomfortable, definitely around my peers, you know, and mm. um, people have known me forever and. I have always had, like, I've always been very ambitious, but at the same time, for some reason, people have always made assumptions about me and, um, I like assumed that I would become all of these lofty things. They've just had, they've always had lofty expectations of me. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I was very uncomfortable among my peers, uh, among, relatives who have known me since I was little. Um, I knew my mom wasn't proud of it. She didn't understand it at first, you know, but my mom's great in the sense that she doesn't judge for long. Mm. Um, and when we started made, mm. when we started speaking to domestic workers, mm. I felt like I had to promise them something greater yeah. than their situation. And I didn't know if, I had any credibility if I was an au pair because I felt like it was too similar to their, their situation. Hmm. And who have you felt, who have you always felt comfortable talking about this to? The people who already know, like (laughs) (laughs) people I've explained to. (laughs) Okay. Um, who have I? Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Like, no, no, no one. Mm, okay. No one except the domestic workers in the homes that I've worked for. So let's speak to value hmm. um, and perceive value. So do you know the payment breakdown of um, yours, your industry versus the domestic work industry? I don't know shit. But you know I'm about to tell you, right? I know, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so according according to Labor Guide, um, and this was now established as the new domestic worker wage increase between the 1st of December to the 30th of November, that um, the hourly rate 
And now this is for area A, which is within metropolitan um, environments, is 12 rand 42 an hour. Okay. So what? So now if we were to have a domestic worker working 40 hours a week, nah, which is <laughs> an eight hour workday every single day for a month, she would earn, or he, a thousand nine hundred and eighty seven rand and twenty cents. Dear God, ask me what the least I would accept is. What is the least you would accept? Seventy bucks. Interesting. We'll get to the au pairs. <laughs> Very interesting. Ex- excluding petrol. Because it might have I mean you might say that because of the role you fill. But let's get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Mm, so. You're so excited. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> but now they say, and this is this is what really worries me. They say, so this was an article written on the 20th of November by, and, and this was um, an interview done on the Minister of Labor. Um, and they said that the minimum that they are allowed to be paid is 3,500 rand a month. Which equates to twenty one and eighty eight per hour. Is that okay? And yet, no, this is it's a domestic, domestic worker still. Right. And yet, the new minimum wage is at twelve and forty two. Which means, I wonder how many hours do they expect a domestic worker to work in a month in order to get three thousand five hundred rand? If the minimum wage, but that's also regulated. It's not supposed to be more than ten hours a day. So the mm. the legislation is inconsistent mm. and. Some kind of union is not doing its job. Yeah. Whoever you are, the union, like, we hear whispers about you. You, you ain't doing, like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, that's pure, that is a discrepancy. That yeah. is an inconsistency. It's, it's, yes. That exactly. needs to be addressed. Exactly. It's simple as that. Exactly. And at the moment, 90% of domestic workers are paid less than 3,120 rand a month. So now let's get to au pairs. <clears throat> so um, I went on this w- website that broke down the rates quite well for au pairs. Mm. I'm not going to mention them, but um, they said that for, on average, a 20-hour work week, which is working half a day for five days a week, so it's four hours for five days a week, um, the rate is between five and a half thousand six hundred rand sorry, five and a half thousand and six thousand rand a month. And what do you think that equates to per hour? A lot. <laughs> it's between sixty eight Rand mm. and seventy five Rand an hour. So does it make sense to you that uh your job is more economically valuable? Not in the least bit. But you know what makes sense to me? Mm. Human beings and Assumptions and perceptions And status makes sense to me And how warped it is Yeah And really that's That's all it boils down to But how do you It goes back to this question about stigma The reason is Mm. That the It's the demographic that all pairs right Mm. Not Because it's got nothing to do with their hard skills Mm. Right Like If you're studying medicine doesn't necessarily make you a better au pair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To somebody who is doing a diploma or isn't studying at all. Mm. Right? It mm. doesn't necessarily. So it's it's not about that. It's not it's not about hard skills. Yeah. But you value yourself highly enough not 
to accept less than that. Employers just wouldn't get away with it. Mm. Right? Because people in that d- demographic have a higher value of themselves. Yeah. You know what I find interesting, though, is when I look at this rate for au pairs, I think it's more <laughs> or around the same as when I just finished my bachelor's degree in architecture. So, dude, let me tell you, okay, let me break it down for you. But can I just say, though, mm-hmm. like that, that is also in the same demographic. And yet when you put them in another space, mm-hmm. they're undervalued, mm-hmm. like economically undervalued. You know what I mean? So, so it almost feels like depending on the space that you're in. Explain that again. So, um, so I got paid around the same amount per hour. I think it was 80 rand an hour or something. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got my bachelor's degree in architecture. Mm. But I'm of the same demographic as some or So are you saying that's, that's, that's less than you should be paid? Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, um, and I, and I just, I say that in terms of how I cannot do architecture without studying architecture. Mm. That's what I mean. Mm. You know, so, so in terms of some hard skills that I simply can't, I guess, teach myself yeah. enough or, or like learn on the spot. Yeah. You know, so, so they're paying me for skills learned that, that's specialized. Very interesting. So that's what I, that's why I wonder, you know, because then if I'm in that space, mm. I'm worth so little. We complain about how much we get paid all the time. Mm. And yet, in another space, mm. they are highly valued, mm. you know, economically. Mm. So how does that work? No pressure. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in the domestic space, or mm. pairs are the cream of the crop. Yeah. Right? Because of the scope. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Every industry can only be... Like, there's a a ceiling Mm. to what status means. Mm. Right? Like, who can be the rock stars? So, it pairs of the rock stars Mm. of the domestic space. When you're a graduate, just a graduate in architecture, yeah, puts you in a different position. But what I find so interesting, actually, about what you say is usually a ceiling. Mm. You can imagine reaching the ceiling of your industry, yeah. But I can't quite imagine a domestic worker traversing to becoming an au pair, for instance. It feels yes, like they're can. actually yes, we can. They're quite together and quite separate. Yeah. No. Look, as it stands. Because people are as back as they are, not without jumping the social class. Mm. Um, and fortunately, only very... And I think there are those homes where people are woke enough and the kind of people who listen to the mate session. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all of y'all yeah. <laughs> are woke enough, hopefully by now, to have, made, to have been able to go, look, I have a domestic worker. She has a driver's license. Yeah. Um, she's capable of supervising with homework. Mm. Why don't I expand the scape, scope of her job and pay her higher and mm. let her au pair? Mm. Right? In um, an ideal world. Right? <laughs> oh, in a beautiful world. <laughs> so, because it is, it's literally, it's that simple. From a 
job mm. from from like a practical perspective it's that simple it's the mental yeah perceptive leap that's yeah. hard for people i am more expendable right now in any company in any institution in any workplace are you sure you want to say that huh? yeah for sure 100 <laughs> percent. Okay. if you are retrenching people mm. you know if we're now approaching value yeah in a common sense way mm. right which i actually think applies across the board mm. if you're going to retrench people you're going to start with the most expendable, yeah. the most dispensable person to the least. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And so that's why maybe in a company, you start with like a couple of the juniors and you, you know, the last people you want to retrench in a company are senior management, right? Mm. Because they, they have the vision, first of all. And mm. secondly, they could probably like create the capacity to do some of the work that middle management or the juniors do. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Mm. Like at a push. You see, they're the people who can do the most. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Domestic workers are those people in the home compared to all peers. Maybe even compared. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> uh, to some employers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said it. <laughs> I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm. So <laughs> I think if you ask a lot of people, would you, who is more expendable, your spouse or your domestic worker? Ooh. Let's be real. Come Ooh. on, guys. <laughs> I won't make you, I won't make you say it. Now you just start. I won't make, I won't make like. you say it, but no, look. <laughs> Look, I say that in jest. I really do, but only half. Like yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's something to think about. I'm just yeah, making I think my it's point. A very important point, actually. Um, like. and so from that perspective alone, no, mm. I don't think all peers are more valuable than domestic workers. Mm. I think the genius, right, was what you said in the beginning about how all pair was a reaction, yeah, to the status and the title of domestic worker. Yeah, there were people who didn't want to be, who didn't want to have. That status, that stigma, mm. right? They wanted to be treated equally. Mm. Um, and so because of that shift, they were able to create perceptively a higher value. And uh, unfortunately, status is a currency. But I mean, just staying on, on perceived value, and it reminds me of um, one of the shows that we did with the sociologist Ruggie. Mm. And like, the very first answer she she started off with had to do with feminism mm. and domestic work's relationship to feminism. And, you know, as, as I think about what an au pair w is meant to do, which is, you know, driving and things associated to education, mm. which are things that were typically associated to men mm. before. Mm -hmm. And things like cleaning dishes and bathing kids and those kind of things were associated to women, women mm. filling those roles. Mm. Do you think that there's also been some sort of association of the au pair to a more masculine type role within the domestic worker industry that has also maybe granted the perception that they also deserve more economically? That's a freaking great question and observation. Thank you. Thank you very much. I try. Yes, that's awesome. That's actually amazing. Because um, 
off the bat, no. Mm. I mean, we know we know where the economic value comes from, but in yeah. terms of like continued off the bat, value perception, yeah, off the bat, no. Mm. But if you really dig deep, er, um, and if you think about types of women yeah. and how certain female identities are more patriarchal, mm. they're more masculine, right? Mm. Like. The career woman. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you think of power in patriarchal terms, in terms of like, like independence and mobility and all those good things, mm. right? Less domestic stuff. Yeah. Then that's right. Yes. It's, mm, it's the more patriarchal of the roles in that female industry. Yeah. 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 But it's not a patriarchal industry. Yes, no, I completely agree. It's very domestic. Completely. But it's it's like it's the man in mm. the <laughs> in mm. the feminine environment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um so we know that children are unfiltered creatures. Am I allowed to call them creatures? They absolutely are. Okay, good. One hundred percent. Um, although, As are we. although I love ch- children, I do love children, <laughs> but, um, have the children that you've worked with ever distinguished between you and the domestic work in terms of value? So, so you've just, you mentioned earlier about some of the things that they're willing to talk to you about that they wouldn't be willing to talk to the domestic work about, but in terms of, you know, maybe a show of respect, yeah, definitely. authority, all those authority kind of things. for sure. Mm. Um, and you've you've sort of expressed where they might associate authority or why they might associate authority to you. Mm. You know, if, if you represent something that their parents might perceive as someone that holds authority. Yeah. um, What are some of the ways that you've seen children treat domestic workers that for you has, has seemed like they don't quite respect her like they should. Uh, so, the other thing is, I mean, like, kids are very easy to correct. Mm. And I think what happens are a lot they? of the... T- yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it, if you catch I'm behavior, genuinely shocked. No, if you catch okay. behaviors early, if you oh, let okay. them fester, it's very, very difficult. Okay. But if you catch a behavior when it happens, mm. then it's easy to correct. Mm. And that's why you need to pay attention. And that's what I was saying earlier on about actually having to see the world through a child's eyes. I think... A lot of the time, there exists the opportunity, because I've often, I've I, I've successfully changed the perception that the kids have of me, the ones that I've worked with, mm-hmm. or looked after rather, by talking or by action. By talking and action, it's reasoning with them. Okay. A lot of the time, and. It's repetition Mm. and it's just making them aware of your feelings. And I think a lot of adults are afraid to make kids aware of their feelings. And I think kids respond very well to feelings. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And not just a slap on the wrist. I'm Mm. angry with you, but kids are very sensitive creatures. And if you show them that something hurts you, Mm. then it's actually incredibly effective and they won't do it again. Whereas a lot of people 
will feel like that's a sign of weakness. Well, isn't part of the problem also that, I mean, they say children have that sixth sense mm. where they, like, they know how to nag you, they know what will drive you mad. Mm. Um, and isn't there also a sort of reservation because often children will, you know, navigate your feelings to try and manipulate you to get what they want or things like that. And so part of the closeness of parents could also be because they don't want to be manipulated by people that sure. can really manipulate. Sure. But now I'm talking in terms of the au pair or the domestic worker. Okay. Right. But but what, but I do wonder regarding that. Mm. So so I think you're quite um, transparent. Mm. Have you ever felt like any of the children might have wanted to try some things with you mm. because you are so transparent? Mm. Yeah. Then they do, and then I address it. Okay. Does so, that make so, sense? So is that the repetition? Yes. I see. Okay. As opposed to them not trying the things with me and then trying them with somebody else. Yeah out there who's not going to be able to show them mm. like to put things in perspective. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Um, so I think, you know, I won't, I won't say I haven't been disrespected. Look, I've always felt regarded more highly mm. than the domestic worker. If you felt that, do you think the domestic worker felt less regarded? For sure. Mm. Um, and it's about, it's about who, the domestic worker can go as far as executing the parents' rules. Mm. Right? Um, and maybe they'll introduce some of their own if they can. Mm. What they struggle, I think, to do is to sit with the child mm. and ha like have a conversation and explain in a way um, where the child will give them that credibility. And that's it. And it's also where, you know, like I said earlier, like as the au pair, you straddle different things. So you're sometimes a teacher, the parent, the domestic worker, and the friend. Yeah. Right? So um, I think as a result, from a values perspective, you can have more of, a, more of an impact in terms of like shaping the way the child sees things and giving them perspective. You I know, mean, they'll just listen to you more. That can be perceived as a significant value add, actually, to be a chameleon in the child's life. For sure. Oh gosh, you can just tell with, you know, tone of voice even. You know, a lot of children think they can be authoritative mm. towards domestic workers. Mm. Right? Um, whereas to me, they'll be like cheeky at best, like mm. they would to one of their friends. They'll like kind of like give me an attitude, but it won't be authoritative. They won't tell me what to do. Yeah. They'll just think they can ignore me. Oh. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Um, and is that similar to what they would do to their parents? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It is, it is a lot of the time similar. Um, they'll push boundaries because I'm not their parent and they know I'm an employee. Mm -hmm. So they'll see how much they can get away with asking for. Have you ever felt like the child has thought that they're your employer? Yeah. But oh. like I said earlier, it's easier to correct when you're the au pair. Okay. You know, because you could just have a frank conversation. Mm. 
And if it's not a frank conversation, like you value yourself highly enough not to act like that. Do you know what I mean? Not, mm. not to allow it to happen, not to respond. Yeah. And cooperate. So, like, if a child throws a bag at me mm. and expects me to carry it, I'm quite happy to walk right past it. Mm. You know? Mm. And then actually point down and say, pick it up. Yeah. And I will do that in front of your friends. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's because I don't carry as much stigma. But you know how <clears throat> sometimes it's, it makes things worse to have something comparable. So, you know, you might as a domestic worker be treated so terribly, but you don't quite realize until an au pair comes into yeah. the space. Yeah. And then you see how they get treated and yeah. you realize how badly you're treated. Have you ever felt any sort of tension between yourself and the domestic worker because of the way you get treated in comparison to her? In, no, in because I've, I, I think I've always really... Try to not distinguish myself from them on a personal level in terms of our relationship, mm. you know, and they know that it's a factor of of the job and, and the way the employer sees our jobs. Mm. But on a personal level, um, I've definitely always tried to build rapport and to yeah. treat them actually. With a hell of a lot of respect. And to, to, to just like value them, I think, mm. more highly. You know, often where the, um, potential bitterness can come from is if you're possibly treated better mm. and which means that they naturally perceive you. I mean, they naturally respect or value what you would say. Mm. And you maybe don't say anything about the way that they are being treated. Yeah, but I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. The last thing. I will literally, any any given day, I would rather have a child disrespect me than a domestic worker. Okay. Like they know. Mm. Every one of the kids that I've looked at, after they, they know never ever to disrespect a domestic worker in front of me. Like okay. it, it just, it doesn't fly. In front of you, behind you, <laughs> under around me, you. over me, you know, yeah. like in the air, nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's my biggest, it's my biggest pet peeve. Okay. And it's something I've said in every interview with, yeah, with, uh, a parent. Yeah. Is, okay, you know, if they've like asked me, I don't know, um, they'll often ask like how I feel about discipline and, you know, what are the things I accept and don't accept. And that's mm. always my number one thing. Mm, that's Some parents don't ask, but like the ones that have, for sure. You just throw it in there anyway. <laughs> of course. Also, before I leave, <laughs> I have one condition. <laughs> that's good. Um, but look, I won't lie like it's not the elephant in the room. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's a thing that I don't talk about with them. Okay. It's a thing I know, they know, but because... We're friends. Yeah. Like we know it puts a strain on our relations and yeah. on our friendship if we bring it up. So we don't. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it can create a rift. Yeah. For sure. Um, if you don't invest in a friendship. Yeah. Hmm. So if, um, I mean, I guess just to round up, um, I'll stop asking hard questions. <laughs> oh, now you will really. And watch this yeah, be a hard question. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so if there was one thing that you could tell 
families that have both au pairs and domestic workers within their homes? What is the one thing you would want to tell them? First of all, can I just say how territorial kids are about food? Ooh, <laughs> let's get to that. Let's get to that. It's the strangest thing. I think the area I've struggled with the most in terms of uh, like how I'm perceived by the child mm. is definitely my level of privilege within their home. And mm. food is a big deal mm. across the board. And it's not just... The domestic worker, I think it goes without this. It, it, for them, it goes without saying that the domestic worker doesn't eat from their fridge. Yeah. Right? But kids get strangely territorial if you, if you like open the fridge or the, the pantry and, and you help yourself. They don't understand it. They don't under, I don't know what it is <laughs> about food particularly. But they take exception. You could do anything else, right? You could like put your feet on the couch. You could, I don't know, dance around the passage. Mm. The minute you touch the food, it's like, it's, it's the strangest thing. They mm. just want to know, like, are you allowed? <laughs> or do they go tell on you? Yeah, they'll tell on you. They'll, they'll just look. I've had very awkward conversations with kids around food. Oh. I don't know what that is. Have you ever asked them? No, not. I mean, I always just get like really upset. Yeah, it upsets me. And then that's that. Because, you know, it would be different for for a child to say, you're not allowed to have that versus this isn't your food. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this isn't your food would yeah. be, this isn't your kind of food, a class thing. Versus you're not allowed to have that, which speaks to... No, it's like, who gave you that? Yeah. Like, th- what that speaks to a questioning of authority versus that's not your food, which is a class thing. Do you know what I mean? I just, I can't figure out which one it is, though, because I think I get the sense it's a bit of both. So when you're little... Hey, yeah. food is everything. Yeah. Right? Food is and it's currency. Love. And it's love. Food is love. Yeah. If you want to get a child to do anything, mm. like involve food, right? Mm. Give them a, food can punish, food can reward. Food mm. is, you know, it's very much a currency. Mm. And because they don't have their own money, mm. I guess the groceries and the food equates to that, right? Mm. It's like, it's their, it's their power. Yeah. Strangely enough, it's it's their conversation actually. It's their it's their power conversation. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's like the same way people are. I don't know. Like adults become territorial about material things. Mm. For kids, they don't even see their clothes as materialistic, right? It's like, and it, they and treat they food like they're with their toys. Like if I started playing with their to- toys, mm. it's a similar thing. So there is like, yeah, mm. it but, is. It's territorial. But also, your clothes can only belong to you. Mm. But food mm. can belong to everyone. Yeah. Or it can be assigned to you as a reward or a yeah. whatever it is. So It's almost like you basically, let me put it to you this way. You know that a child has accepted you mm. as part of their family. Yeah. If they let you eat. So you know how... Highly you rank with a child depending on how much food they let you have. Sham, so you don't, 
So you don't rank highly then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of been once or twice where I've 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 really felt like an employee. <laughs> that is so interesting. And see how effective that is. It made you feel like an employee. Wow. So is there anything that you'd like to Say maybe one thing, maybe more to a family that has both an au pair and a domestic worker. Just make the mental leap. Really save yourself a lot of hassle, right? From a practical point of view, don't duplicate efforts. If you have somebody in your home who can be a one-stop shop for you Mm. without abusing them, please do not mistake me now. Right? You've obviously got to be realistic. Yeah. But if you have someone in your home who can fulfill the role of au pair, who can help with homework, who can drive the kids around, don't, don't, don't hire an au pair if they have that capacity and you can pay them the money. Mm. Right? And in terms of a benchmark, if you're wondering how to, if you have an au pair in your home and you're wondering how you should be treating your domestic worker, there is the benchmark. That's a really good point. Um, and it shows that you have the capacity. Exactly. Well. There yeah. is, understand that there is no reason for you to treat your au pair differently to your domestic worker. Apart from allocation of tasks. Mm. So I want, I really would like people to genuinely be honest with themselves mm. about the difference and make the mental leap. And... I mean, when you're hiring an au pair, don't discriminate based on very superficial, useless qualities, right? Because like I said earlier on, the way that somebody speaks doesn't say anything about how well they're going to take care of your child, how good they are at supervising homework, any of that, how responsible they are, any of that. So please set that aside. And make sure that you're screening for the right things. Mm. And if you have, and get to know your domestic worker and what their strengths are because they'll surprise you. I think a lot of people just haven't asked, can you help with the homework? Yeah. Because I think they would be pleasantly surprised. So challenge your domestic worker and see if there are roles or there are ways in which you cannot expand um, their job description Mm. so that you can pay them more. But most importantly, do not treat your domestic worker any differently to your au pair. I really hope that people can see au pairing as domestic work. Yeah. You know? And if... There are pairs out there who are worried about that. That just points to the problem. Mm. You know? Um, it is, it's, it, it's an, a status issue. Yeah. That we need to address. And all people need to do is make the mental leap. And I promise you, when you treat people better, they value themselves more highly and they do better, do better. Mm. They perform better. I really want people to try to really, really make the most of 
their relationships with their domestic workers. And if that can include treating them like au pairs and can include giving them that job as well, then by all means. Mm. And with that, I thank you so much, Stranger Mbali. Stranger who I have met thank for you. the first time today. So much for having me, Lisa. It's <laughs> such a pity I couldn't meet your co-host. Um, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, you keep saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> Actually, I prefer you. But don't tell her. I know. I know. She's, she's sensitive. That one here. Sensitive. Sensitive. Don't tell her. Okay. <laughs> You're so silly, but you are amazing. Thank you, baby. Um, really, really, really insightful. Um. And thank you so much for entertaining me, actually. Thank you for entertaining me. <laughs> You're next. You're next. Can't wait. I've always wanted to really pry into that side of your life. And I've always wondered how you stay sane. And um, it's just, it's so beautiful to to capture some of those insights. And I can understand why you put in as much as you put into made. And you make it magic. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You do. Uh, no, I'm just okay. a guest. Stop, stop. <laughs> oh shit, I stop. forget, I forget. Okay, stop. <laughs> I only like <laughs> I only feign um confidence. <laughs> so stop. <laughs> stop, don't stop. Stop, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again so much. Um do you want to do the Should honors? I close? Should I close? Yeah, do you want to give us the Twitter? Okay. <laughs> well, Thank you. I mean, not a lot of guests get to do this, but, uh, thank you for joining us on the mate sessions with cliffcentral.com. Um, it's been lovely to have you. Uh, we'll <laughs> <Me>. see. <laughs> no, the listeners. Oh, the listeners, sorry. Okay. Get back. Okay. Okay. Damn, girl. Damn. Um, we'll catch you same time, same place next week. And please do follow us on Twitter. It's made project, M-A-I-D-E project or we are The Made Project, M-A-I-D-E, on Facebook. The Made Sessions. Oh, sure, but I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it out in, it out in. The Made Sessions, but it can get confusing. So you can also just type in Made Project and you'll find you'll find the page. Um, I'm just a guest, forgive me. Yeah, I, I feel like the guest can replace me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Whatever. That's not what you came here for. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you so much. Have a very wonderful evening. We look so forward to having another beautiful conversation with all of you. Good night. Peace. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.